Welcome to this podcast about interdisciplinary collaboration at ROCKS. My name is Arndis Bergstotir and I'm a postdoc at ROCKS and a coordinator for Iceland. I am here today with two fellow postdocs in the ROCKS project, uh, Christina Drum and Rebecca Jackson. And we thought that we would do this short recording about our thoughts on interdisciplinary collaboration. Because in our discussions, um, we have found that collaborating across disciplines, especially disciplines that are quite different, like the natural sciences and the humanities, it sounds very simple and it sounds like something that we should all aspire to do. But when all comes to all, it's much more complicated and complex. So we thought we would take our conversations over coffee to you. And um, maybe I should start, though, by telling you a little bit about rocks. Many of you know the Rock Center well, but I'll still give you a brief recap. So the extended name of ROCKS is Queen Margaretha's and Vigdis Fimboadóttir's Interdisciplinary Research Centre on Ocean, Climate and Society. And the job of the centre is to quantify and analyse the historical relationships between ecosystem structure and climate development in marine and terrestrial environments on and near Iceland. So this will enable a new understanding of how the Icelandic population has been impacted by changes in ecosystem services caused by climate change, as well as how this change has been recognised in the society and how human interference has impacted ecosystems around them. So, as the name implies... Interdisciplinarity is very important to the ROCKS project. But uh, I would perhaps like to begin with uh, Christina and Rebecca. And uh, could you introduce yourselves? Yes. Hi, my name is uh, Christina Drum. Uh, I work with algae, or phytoplankton. And I work with uh, phytoplankton communities uh, surrounding Iceland in the oceans. And the, the really nice thing about Iceland is that we have the very cold water in the north and we have very warm water in the south, or very, not much more than maybe 10 degrees, but still it's warmer than the north. Uh, and this gives very different uh, phytoplankton communities. And I'm looking at that and also going into the ocean sediments to see if we can go back in time and see how the communities have changed over time. And I'm Rebecca Jackson. I am kind of uh, extending down from what Christina was just describing in the surface sediments. So I'm a paleoceanographer and I use marine sediment cores, uh, principally the, the ones that we collected uh, last year, actually, when we sailed as part of the ROCKS project. And I am looking at temperature changes in the sea surface and subsurface back through time. So across periods when we know that the global climate was potentially as, as warm as it is becoming today and also periods when it was very cold. 
and to see how the oceanic regime and the ecosystem around Iceland in the marine realm was shifting in response to these kind of global changes. So in short, I spend a lot of my time looking at fossils and and, and very old mud. <laughs> to so I come from a very different area. I come from the humanities. My background is in museology, so I work with heritage a lot. So we talk about collaborating within our own field of expertise. But why is um, or why is collaboration across disciplines so uncommon? Where did this kind of divide begin? Right. Um, that's a very in- interesting question. I think that um, this divide is what got us into trouble in the first place, you know, speaking in terms of climate change and biodiversity loss. So I think that um, the divide between the natural sciences and then the humanities and social sciences, which, you know, we like to talk about uh, beginning in the Enlightenment, although it does have deeper roots. I think, you know, the need to understand the world around us by categorizing it, by putting it into different boxes so we can observe it uh, without, you know, being affected by other things. Um, I think that has just sort of um, provided us with a divide that had just deepened over the decades and hundreds of years maybe that is almost unsurpassable. We, It's really hard to cross. I think that uh, the natural sciences, the way of doing things, maybe is more ontological. So ontology is what is, what have we found out, what is this? Whereas the humanities and social sciences tend to be more epistemological. And of course, I'm speaking in very broad terms here. Um, And epistemology is about how do we think about things? How do we know what we know? Yeah, we don't deal with that. (laughs) You don't deal with that. And, you know, I deal less with what do we know? And, you know, we tend to despise what, you know, is called truth and all that. So what climate change, I think, has uh, taught us is that the world is interconnected. It's, you know, it's built on networks of reciprocal relationships. So we have to be able to research the world as it is. We have to be able to um, come together and study the ontological and the epistemological as related Con- concepts, or like you know, perhaps Karen Barad likes to call call them onto epistemologies. That's a hugely complex con- concept. What I mean is that um, maybe we we have an obligation to cross the divide, and it's really scary to cross into something into a discipline where you have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea how to speak properly. You have no idea how to have those conversations. It's a really scary place to be. But I think that we all have to kind of face those challenges and find ways to talk together. Mm. 
I think that's kind of how this started, that we started off like just meeting over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, and then it kind of went from there. Because initially I was just hoping that, because when working with, with phytoplankton, it's so nerdy. It's like when every time I, I mention that I'm a marine biologist, people go like, oh, that's interesting. And then you go, like, well, I'm working with algae. And then it kind of dies there. Um, <laughs> but if we, if it's able to like bring it up to something that's relatable to people, like when you, and then the, the question people also always ask is like, so how does that relate to climate change? And, exactly. And my the basic work that I do very little relates to climate change in in itself, and and rarely we we kind of broaden it up. And I I was just hoping that when we try to do it even more interdisciplinary, then maybe that will open it up more to be relatable to people. Exactly. I think that's a really good point. And I think that's a really good point overall that we have to. And I think you mentioned that uh, earlier, Rebecca, that uh, we have to be able to talk together. Yes, I think that's after, you know, being introduced to two very new terms today and <laughs> a combination of those terms, um, which I'd not really kind of heard before, maybe, but not really understood what they what they meant. And, you know, we often, we do talk in our, our own languages, our own terms and our own concepts. And and this this communicates with our field, but not across across fields. And and this is this is the challenge, actually. I or I certainly find. Mm. And it's not it, the, the the communication that starts also close to your own field, as we talked about previously. Like yeah. we don't. Um, I'm beginning to work with DNA now, but just the, the language within working with DNA, it's it's terrible. I would have to say so. Yeah. Uh, and that's even close to my field. And now we're like broadening up to working with social sciences. It's it's even more d- difficult. Like I I culture stuff, and and that I don't think that word makes sense outside my field. Like I, I grow algae and I make a lot of them. And and just like these terms, we keep yeah dealing with them and having to explain things most of the time. I see what you mean. I've um, sat meetings with uh, scholars in the field of DNA, and uh, I don't think I've ever been so scared in my life. <laughs> but at the same time, it was so intriguing. There was so much there, and I, I think you know at those meetings, and I've heard this again and again and again. When we went on the rocks cruise, um, you know, in meetings with uh, you, the postdocs from the rocks project, um, we all seem to talk about stories. I feel that what we are all doing, and this is a very common point and some maybe could be a starting point, that we all talk about stories and maybe we could figure out ways to tell stories together what do you think definitely I think uh, Rebecca I'm gonna quote you because you you mentioned that this patchwork patchwork of of putting stories together I think that's a lovely idea that we just we have a lot of different stories but they are all related in some ways just to find the relation between them Um, find a good way to stitch them together exactly all these different pieces yeah yeah Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, we do, we 
when I, you know, when we talk about archives, so again, I'm kind of bringing it back to the paleo side of things, but this is like sediments. This is any any record that goes back in time at all. That is, it's it's an archive, but it is it's it's recording the story yeah. of what was happening in that environment. And of course, if I story is not a word that we would use probably in the sciences, but it's not. It's not very far. It's from. not untrue. It is. We are <laughs> telling. It's a story. It's a history, right? And it might not be a complete one, of course. But um, it is. It is a story in that sense. But of course, this is language that we don't. We kind of avoid, or we don't commonly use in the sciences. But it's not. It's not wrong. No, I think like when you're writing a paper, it's always. What's the story? What's what, the what, story? What's yeah. the story? Exactly. Yeah. So we yeah. that is the, the concept. We use the concept yeah. of storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think people will be very nervous about us using language such as story. And or, I also think we keep it very short. Yeah. Our stories, like from the natural sciences, is it needs to be very. So what's the what's the concept and what's the conclusion? That's the story. Whereas I think you have a different. <laughs> Approach. Exactly. Um, I work with stories as well. And so I think that's a wonderfully common ground to and a really good starting point. So what do you think are the benefits of working together on sto stories? I mean, our grand plan is to work together on a story about heritage, plankton. Mud. Mud. <laughs> <laughs> And because, you know, in the world, this is probably very interrelated. So telling a collective story um, where we bring the mud viewpoint, the algae viewpoint and the heritage viewpoint could probably bring about new ways of thinking and new ways of seeing the world. And, and maybe new ways of, of writing proposals. Like, I think it would be lovely if we could... Good if, point. If we could think interdisciplinary more into the proposals that we write like you're the only postdoc we are six postdocs in this project and you're the only one where i think it actually says in your proposal that you are working interdisciplinary exactly the rest of us we have kind of our own project that, that we just focus on our own and then it's interest that we want to to share and we want to understand uh, but hopefully like in in the future or maybe after uh, the rocks meeting here in december uh, we will have some great proposals of how to do this. Oh, wouldn't that be one wonderful? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and some solutions. That would be fantastic. Yeah. But I think even this conversation now, if we come back to this patchwork quilt analogy, if you imagine that we are, our projects are these little squares that you knit or crochet individually, right? Then a project like like yours, and this is, is the thread that puts them together mm. we could see it like that <laughs> yeah sure you know i mean if uh, especially because you come with such a, a different um approach to stories than we do for example um you know you were saying how on the on the cruise for example your stories come from being in that situation or yeah. or and with those people rather than kind of target pre having a preempted story if that makes sense yeah i mean it does. we come with our uh kind of well it, it depends how not so much these days we come with our objectives let's say our research objectives or our scientific questions and then maybe also hypothesis 
and we kind of apply that first. Whereas you come into a situation or um, yeah, an environment where you look around you and go, okay, so what's the story here? Exactly. And, you know, that involves the people there as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do grounded research. So yeah. I show up uh, with pen, paper and very open mind. So through the rocks cruise and being with the scientists and crew on board and then the conversations with you guys, that's how it kind of came to light that we're all talking about archives, we're talking about stories. How can we come together? Because this is not an easy task because... um, Although a lot has been written about interdisciplinary collaboration um, when everyone has been working in their own corners, they write papers and then they meet up to see how the papers overlap. Or um, in the healthcare system, there's quite a lot about, you know, how to save a patient with interdisciplinary collaboration. Um, but this, I couldn't find anything on how to do what we intend to do in the rocks project i remember a conversation where i went kind of heads on and like so so where would we publish like when when we think career-wise and and for explaining why we're spending time on this where should we actually publish something interdisciplinary i i had no idea and i don't know of if did you find somewhere where it was actually I have a few prospects, but, you know, there's nothing really clear. And I thought that, you know, the little practical problems that we are facing when trying to bridge, to make a bridge across these two very unlike fields, Mm. the practical problems that we have encountered were a little surprising, both in terms of where shall we publish? Mm. And we have to think about our own kind of careers being postdocs, but also how should we write? What kind of paper should we write? Uh, What's the voice? How should we kind of present uh, what we're doing? But we mm. also found that we really wanted to yeah. cross these fields. I wanted to do more ontological stuff and marry that up with my epistemological stuff. That is in different Still words. Still getting used to those words. <laughs> <laughs> They're not I settled. wanted to kind of more talk, you know, in the same sentence about what do we know and how do we know it. Mm. Um, I wanted more empirical da- data, like the hard empirical data you guys have um, to use to speculate with. Whereas you uh, guys, you would, um, if I remember correctly, uh, would like to spec- speculate more. Yeah. 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 And that that's... To have the freedom to do, yeah. to do that. I mean, this is often... Speculation is something that we... We have to be careful with when we when we talk about our work and our results. You know, it's um, we have to tone it down. I've been told, for example, <laughs> you know, we're beyond what the data says, we don't have much much freedom to speculate. And no. this is often, if it's not supported by the evidence that we're presenting, mm. it is seen as kind of speculation and. Yeah, but here it's nice because we can, like you say, taking from the from the humanities side, 
it's okay to speculate. We can <laughs> have an idea. What if this means this? We might not yeah. have the data, but we, we can say that and we can speculate. And I think for maybe for natural scientists, this is a nice bit of freedom. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. To, to kind of, yeah, talk about what we want to do and and concepts in a more free way, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think just like the conversations that we had sometime also just broadens up like um, how we look at, at, at stuff. Like uh, um, we were talking at some point about when I work with algaes that I uh, I would never isolate an algae by itself because it used to growing with other stuff. So we would do like in small steps and then kind of personalize things. And I could never like that would not be relevant in a paper or but if we can just like speak more openly about different things that we just observe and it's um i have no idea where i'm going with this i think Um, i i completely understand kind of (laughs) venture more outside the box and talk about what we're doing and what are the organisms Exactly. How do they respond? They just don't respond to temperature and even though i i move them from their own water to their own water that's just filtrated without stuff they're still responding to different things and i think mm. that sometimes uh, yeah it's it's we like to to so if i have the same temperature if i have the same water if i have the same nutrients then it should be the same result but f- they don't respond in that sense interesting and I, think, and I think that's often the 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 in science we think that everything if we just nail all the concepts Mm-hmm. surrounding an organisms then it will be like this and that's rarely the case like you, you cannot just fascinate that I, yeah i'm still not sure where i'm going but <laughs> i completely actually un- understand what you're saying so Good. yeah it's it's more like conversations that they have but you're not entirely sure you know what um phenomena are conversing with one another and how but mm. something is you know sending signals back and forth exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 that interestingly takes us to the field of biosemiotics which is kind of an interdisciplinary uh, field but yeah Yeah, I think that's really in- interesting so what we found that even though we want to tell stories and um, that together that um, there is a system out there that kind of prohibits us from um, letting us, well, not prohibits us, <laughs> but there is a system out there that makes it quite difficult to really tell those stories from the ground up and publish them together in a pa- paper. Mm. Yeah. We also we talked about like just being in contact with somebody from another field, like except for casual friends. But but if you're doing research and you want to do interdisciplinary, how do you get in in, in contact with with these fields? Um. We are mostly um, having conversations with our own pe- people, so mm. to speak, within scare quotes. Um, we're at conferences that are very, you know, focused on our own discipline. Um, We rarely um, get to speak or have those uh, meaningful conversations about our work and um, 
collective work with people from very, very different fields. And I think that's one of the benefits of the Rocks Project, that we, we are in the same place. Yeah. And I think it's certainly a great conversation. I mean, even, again, a, a quite informal conversation. We're sitting around drinking coffee, and when we discussed this before, we were at a dinner party yeah you know <laughs> and um it's really nice just to get this conversation started and think not maybe so much in terms of solutions of what you know is is there even a good framework for collaboration between different fields is this maybe this is the starting point here mm, that we come I up agree. with some not a framework that sounds a bit too kind of limiting but um yeah, maybe our job at, or our, you know, kind of aim at this point is just to come up with some good ways forward that we can bring all of our work together, even if it's simple points about language. Mm-hmm. For sure. Or the, the, yeah, the way that we think about things. I mean, myself and Christina were saying we, you know, we might have to open our minds a little bit here and twist our brains and say, okay, this is not how how we would normally think about and this. And me too. And I think yeah. that is exactly the point. I think if, you know, I think the essence of interdisciplinary work is, you know, of course, seeing how things relate and how they tie with one another in a network, but also about coming across fields, you know, going across these divides between the natural sciences and humanities to open our brain and twist them to think differently. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a conversation we can um, carry on, but I hope it's been useful for someone who's listening and, um, and um, that it will be some kind of contribution at least. <laughs> 